0: Welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, one of your co hosts for this lovely adventure into Yona of the Dawn. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co host.
1: That's me. I'm Alex. I am also jauntily going through Yona.
0: Yes, for the second time.
1: For the second time. And it's a blast. I say this every so often. But if you are going through it the first time, you should start it again once you're done. Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I watched Speed for the first time, I think last week, and I was talking about it online with other people. And I was like, hey, so I'm watching Speed for the first time. And somebody else was like, yes, that's a great action movie. I remember I watched it, and then I restarted it once it was over, <laughs> and I watched it a second time. <laughs> like, yeah. That's exactly how I feel about Yona. But also, I get it, because Speed fucking rules, and I'm so sad that it took me so long to watch it. You
0: have to watch it. Yeah, you'll have to tell me all about it, because you told me uh, when I was at a concert, and I was like, I will have to stick a pin in this, because I do want to hear all your thoughts about Speed, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it just rules it's uh-huh. like a dumb action movie but there's like a little bit at least like a hint of a romance uh-huh. and um uh yeah Sandra Bullock is in her prime like America's Sweetheart situation yes. I
0: love Sandy Bullock so much My favorite. I like I also as you know enjoy Jennifer Aniston but I think Sandy Bullock might edge her out a little bit as yeah. far as like America's Sweetheart actresses <laughs>
1: You know what? Speaking of America's Sweetheart, that's also a very good movie. I think I think it's underrated because it's got like huge people in it, but I, I've never heard anybody talk about it.
0: Am I thinking of the one with Catherine theta jones Yeah, Donkeys. I haven't seen that since I was too young to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this specifically. We, my aunt rented it. My aunt Carolina rented it. I watched it with my cousin Erica, and then later my dad watched it i was like oh yeah we saw this with Aunt carolina and my mom but dad was like why did your aunt show you this film you were
1: (laughs) for this film." that's weird i mean i caught it on cable so maybe they cut out all the bad stuff but i don't remember
0: super raunchy i think i mean but i was young enough that i shouldn't have like one my dad's never liked adultery plots Mm-hmm. Uh, to the I, I remember specifically the whole bit of the one guy's penis being the size of a was it a roll of pennies? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think jokes like that just made my
1: dad like him. Okay, home. fair enough. I mean, it's no speed; like it's it's a middle of the road rom com, but uh, it's still good for what it is. Like it's got big name people. I don't understand why people don't talk about it more. Tom um, is
0: a gem i will always love him because he voiced dimitri um mm. in anastasia mm-hmm. also my uh alex you know this but our pod listeners don't although why would they care my cousin uh, <laughs> was a uh production assistant on a movie with john cusack recently and had to take him to and from his trailer and apparently he was a pretty nice guy so
1: that's always good to hear yeah Also, I love that you were like, why would they care? And then immediately launched into the story. (laughs) I mean, what is a podcast for if not telling stories that nobody cares about? Exactly.
0: This is my damn podcast. I will hold y'all hostage. (laughs) Our ratings may suffer, but
1: we're our our own audience. (laughs) We are our own audience. We don't have any ratings. I did check... I think last week we have mine and then the one from like the very beginning, which whoever you are, thank you. And then a random one like I <laughs> I sort of agreed to get. I'm in first oh I joined back when we started our first podcast and I had big ambitions. Uh and uh so there was somebody who posted in it on Facebook and I just happened to see it, but he was basically like, Tell me the name of your podcast and I will Go rate it five stars and write you a really nice note if you do the same for our podcast. And I was like, Yeah, why not? So I did it. Right. <laughs> so I think he's one of them. Oh, <laughs> so we have a total of, I think, two, maybe three. three. Us. <laughs> so I don't think we can suffer very much. All right. <laughs> so you just don't exist.
0: Started from the bottom. And now here we are, slightly
1: above the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> slightly above the bottom, just hovering okay well um should we get into it yeah let's get cool okay yeah chapter 104 is really sad so uh we're gonna bring the mood down like yeah fuck yeah i teared up a little bit i haven't actually cried on this reread because we're doing it so segmented and i'm like focused on taking notes but this one got to me a little bit
0: it's really heartbreaking
1: yeah chapter 104 a small boat that goes nowhere
0: my god what a devastating metaphor do you think so yeah a small boat that goes nowhere i'm assuming that zeno
1: yeah i guess i didn't really think about it but he's sort of like the fairy that brings people oh god i guess he sort of like has to usher people into death and watch them go but he
0: yes and the vast ocean of life where he's alone
1: man (laughs) I didn't think about that but that's rough
0: Gosh darn it Kusanagi
1: (sighs) Kusanagi at it again okay so the other three original dragons are dead but he can still feel their presence just a little bit off he follows one of the The like poles or whatever sort of like je ne sais quoi that makes them understand where the other dragons are. And he uh, finds the white dragon's village and the new young white dragon. And they, of course, are like, Who the fuck are you? And like chase him out. And he uh, gets shot with an arrow and is hurt and also starving at this point. So he passes out. And then he wakes up to a girl bringing him food. And this is Kaya, although we don't know it yet, but. I love her. Her impact. She is here for one episode. And the entire time I was like, Man, I want to get back to Kaya. I miss Kaya and I love her. You tweeted about
0: her, right? Was that who you tweeted about? I
1: did. You <laughs> did. And you know what? God damn it. I saw a typo on it like two days later. I'm gonna leave it up because who yeah. cares? But
0: I glazed over it because I didn't know if you were talking about recent Yona or where we were in the podcast.
1: Oh, no. No, our Twitter is still strictly non-spoilers. Although I really wanted to spoil it this last chapter because there were some contentious revelations. (laughs) um, Yeah, I think I'm in the minority. Yes, for people who are caught up, I like what happened. Anyway. Yes, I was talking about Kaya with the every time a woman shows up, I am the like woman meme from Little Women. That was about Kaya. But also, like, Lily, too. When Lily showed up, I was like, yes, fuck, yeah, women. <laughs> They're finally here. Me and Yona both are <laughs> just, like, starry-eyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's Kaya. Uh, but we don't know that yet. She's just a sweet girl who found Zeno on the side of the road, and he is not doing well. He panics about missing his necklace and then tells her that he doesn't want to live anymore because he just wants to die, and so he doesn't need to eat. He'll just starve and waste away.
0: Ugh.
1: There's something so sad about someone who can't let go of something trivial. You know, like, I, I cannot think of an example, but I know this happens a lot. Where, like, the, the moment where Zeno's like, where is it? And it, like, doesn't matter because it the, the people that it reminds him of are dead anyway, and they're not coming back. But, like, his panic over losing that one little trivial thing, oh, just gets me.
0: That pops up, and we were discussing this before the podcast specifically in that we don't think it's good, but it's (laughs) good, so we keep reading it. That shows up in Under the Oak Tree. Does it? Yes. Um, So at one point, you might have gotten to this part already. Uh, Spoilers for Under the Oak Tree, Um, the novel, not the um, web webtoon yet which isn't nearly this far Mm -hmm. but at some point he gives her a coin that he's had since his mercenary days it's like a coin from the first payment he ever got Mm -hmm. and he gives it to her before he leaves at some point Um, because he was like I've had this all my life it's supposed to bring me luck I don't really believe in it but have so she's kept it all this time and the first time after in book two after they've been apart for a really long time he notices she now keeps it on a chain around her neck Mm -hmm. and he tries to like rip it off because he thinks it's stupid. And he'd said that before, I think when she, when something else had happened and she saw, he tried to throw it away and was like, this thing is useless. And of course she retrieved it. Uh, But even now he, he, when she saw it much later, um, now that we're in book two, he tried to you know, rip it off her neck, and she and he's like, I have bought you a mountain of jewels. Why do you want this worth? Like, why is this the worthless thing, the thing that's precious to you? And she's basically like, you know, like, leave it alone. You kept this for a long time, so it's special to <laughs>
1: Like, Riften is such a weird dick because he's like sometimes nice and sometimes just the worst. Well, so, that's the
0: thing. He's like, a- He's obsessively into her and it makes him super attentive and narrow-minded toward her well-being to the detriment of everybody else, including Maxie herself, because that's her thing is she's like, I don't want to be coddled. I want to be useful. Um, I want to go into dangerous situations with you. And he just does not want that.
1: Right. Which is why Hawk is the, the better dark-haired maniac uh, obsessive love interest. Yes,
0: because he's just like, you know what? I trust my girl.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I <laughs> wasn't in the situation, but she's going to. So the best thing I can do is follow her.
1: Yeah, the best thing I can do is equip her with the skills. And instead, Rattan is like, no, never. Just so, calm hey. down. <laughs> and very different from both of those couples. Zeno and Kaya who just kind of yeah. hang out.
0: Yeah, uh, she he she nursed Nightingale's him and then he gets to do the same for her immediately
1: after. Mhm. No wonder they fell in love cuz they both nursed each other back to health. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like the classic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, going back to the necklace, though, so this basically sets up the fact that he's holding on to his past, and he's terrified of forgetting it and losing it for good. Uh, and he needs this physical reminder right now, but that's gonna sort of nebulously come into play later, which I thought was interesting to follow. Okay, so yeah, uh, as you mentioned, Kaya is sick; she just like coughs up blood. I looked this up, by the way. I was like, why would you cough up blood? And it, it what's up? Is it
0: tuberculosis?
1: Okay, that's what I thought. But then when I Googled just coughing up blood, it didn't pull up tuberculosis. And I think it's probably because, one, I think it's curable at this point. Or at least they can, like, keep it in check because (laughs) this is so weird. But I did Peace Corps with a girl who was TB positive. And so she had to, like, take precautions, but she could travel like she she learned this when she was going to travel to tonga <laughs> so yeah she was like yeah my uh my blood test came back positive so i have tb but like she never gave it to anybody and uh she was doing fine and she uh, was I it's one of
0: those things like back in the day same thing with the burst appendix like apparently they're really easy to treat now but like back in the day it's like you were fucked
1: yeah so i think it's one of those we just have like the skill the the ability to treat it if it happens and also like it's just really not that common anymore mm-hmm. um so i think that's why it didn't pull up but apparently if you cough up blood yes tuberculosis is one of them or the consumption uh but there are also um any lung related illnesses uh that can cause it including copd and chronic bronchitis and cancer And I mean, like, none of it's good. So, like, Kai's definitely going to die. Yeah. But it might not necessarily be TB. But it probably is. All right. So, Zeno carries your back to bed, which she just gave up to let him rest. And it is really fucking cute. And I love them. She asks him his name. He tells her and says, I'd almost forgotten it. No one's called me by my name for many years now. And then Kaya tells him, if you think you might forget it, you should refer to yourself by it kaya lives alone so she does that sometimes
0: so now we know why he speaks in third person now we know why reason yeah Uh, and not just because he's being quirky so (laughs) sorry to this man
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that was really funny
0: But also in addition to that, I was struck by the parallel of no one's called me my name for many years because both Gija and Sheena have experienced that. Gija just because he's so revered that they always just call him White Dragon, and Sheena was just straight up never given a name.
1: Oh, that's so true. Oh.
0: Just that extra connection, connecting him to the latest dragons.
1: Yeah. All their lives suck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good connection I never I never noticed that um, oh okay so back to name meanings we talked about them back at the end of the first arc and I said we should revisit Zeno's because I was like this is some cool shit we gotta come back to this now is the time especially since we're talking about names right now okay so Zeno has a particularly apt name one of his name meanings is Gift of Zeus huh Mm -hmm. And he was Hiryu's specialist boy. Xena the philosopher formulated paradoxes that defended the belief that motion and change are illusory. Which Ah. perfectly with this chapter where he observes the fact that everyone lives and dies except for him. Change and motion are illusory for him. Oh, and also he's like one of, I want to say his name is like of Greek origin and everybody else is Korean. And so mm-hmm. he, that's also that, like, next step removed from the rest of the group. Yeah, okay, so Kaya tells him goodbye, and he assumes that she's dying, which is a very funny joke. I, I think I laughed, like, twice in these two chapters. It was, <laughs> this is one of them. Uh, but it turns out she's not dying, and Zeno's not leaving. He sticks around because they're both lonely, and we get a montage of them being cuties. And it culminates in Zeno uh, saying he wants to stay with her forever and asking her to marry him. And then immediately she starts sobbing. (laughs) Just so fun. I love that, by the way. I love that, like, when people get proposed to, they immediately, like, tear up and start crying. I think that's so, like, nice. (laughs) I just love love.
0: Speaking of uh, my friend Aaron was recently uh out of town helping her friend propose to their other friend. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're big theater nerds. And so the guy part of his proposal was a cameo from Jeremy Jordan singing You Matter to Me. Ooh
1: nice. Cute from the waitress. Yes. I was
0: like, oh, that's cute. Erin went so she could photograph it because she does photography. And apparently she had like her hoodie up and was like worried about being caught. And I guess the girl did in fact notice her and was like, What's going on over there? They were in some sort of nature park though. So he was it was like, Oh, they're obviously taking nature photos, and but which was a perfectly valid excuse,
1: <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. Well,
0: that's cute. I love that. Yeah, she said she had her hoodie up because she, she's got very thick curly hair.
1: Mm-hmm. um like That's me
0: incredible. and she just, yeah so she's like yeah people will see curls in a camera and they'll be <laughs> errant yeah.
1: Hey, yeah
0: love love
1: <laughs> right so then later xena goes outside and tries to talk to the gods he says please save kaya since you say since you gave me eternal life you should be able to save kaya's life too i want her to be happy as long as possible if you can make that happen i don't need anything else and then increasingly desperate because he's getting no answer and he never will <laughs> again. He offers to be the god's slave forever if they'll just give him what he wants. But they never reply and they don't save Kaya. The chapter ends with Kaya thanking Zeno, saying, Let's meet up again in the sky. And then he holds her hand so long she decomposes and she's just a skeleton. Yes, oh my god, fuck.
0: It's so wild. And he's presumably not eating himself or anything at this time. So
1: Yeah. I assume he's just starving along with her, but he's like she's decomposing and he can't oh my god. It's so dark. I love it. I wanna say I read <laughs> I read something on AO3 and one of the tags is something like canon typical skeleton hand. <laughs> it made me laugh really hard. <laughs> Even though this is like obviously really tragic. <laughs>
0: Also, I will say, um, you said an episode or two ago that there is a fic where Zeno, or not Zeno, Yoon is Zeno's wife reincarnated, so Kaya reincarnated, and that leap makes sense to me now, knowing that Kaya was like a caretaker. Mm, yeah. It's like, oh, I can see that. I mean, Yoon's a lot pricklier than Kaya, <laughs> but but I could see how somebody would have drawn that connection.
1: Having met her. That's fair. I actually don't think that I made that connection, but fair enough. Tragically, I went looking for that. I could not find it. Well,
0: huh. well, if any of our listeners have read that fix in my way. I kind of want to read it.
1: Please do. Okay, and that is, that's it. Oh, I didn't put it in my notes, but one of my favorite bits is that he gives her a flower and they both go, so cute.
0: <laughs> Adorable. I love that.
1: Okay, and then chapter 105, The Crimson Star Rises. This chapter opens, okay, with the other joke Um, that made me laugh really hard. And I think it works really well. Zirino narrates hundreds of years have passed. I didn't really keep track. And then he feeds some birds and they take off <laughs> and then their wings flap him in the face. And his face here is just like, oh my God, like, sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> this is just like so much bad shit has happened that this, like, minor inconvenience just, like, really tickled me. Because <laughs> <like, laughs> it just keeps happening. You never catch the break. Oh, I loved it. Uh, so then he watches the birds fly off, Zeno's running symbol, and fills the audience in on the story post Kaia. We're probably in present day because five tribes now hold power. The wars of old have died down to minor squabbles. And then he says, under the crushing weight of time, Zeno's body took the brunt of his frustrations. But every time he tried to give up or presumably kill himself in some horrific way, the dragon crest soothed his broken soul. He says he hurt his body over the years, but his crying face here shows some severe mental distress. Yeah. I would like to say that it's not his body that breaks over time, but also his mind.
0: Yeah. Content warning, self-harm.
1: Yeah. I should probably mark that, shouldn't I? But I mean, if I was immortal, I also would probably try to kill myself.
0: Yeah. Like, you you reach a point where you're just like...
1: I just want to be done with this. Yeah. I I wouldn't blame them man poor Zeno. okay so he says that he tried he tried to give the crest away when he left the palace because it was a symbol of protection for him and without hiryu the people needed someone or something to unite them once more they needed a symbol of god quote unquote Mm -hmm. but despite giving it away it came back to him anyway though he doesn't know why so this part actually like tripped me up because i was like why on earth would he spend so much time like freaking out about it with Kaya? if he had just tried to give it away, but I'm going to explain it away with the fact that he didn't choose it. He thought that it was missing like without his own volition. He hadn't like given it to somebody that he trusted. And also now he's like on his own. Well, then he was on his own for the first time and away from that place that held all those memories. So like, this is the sole thing that's keeping the memory alive.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And speaking of leaving it to the person, uh, leaving it to someone, he left it to the person who succeeded him, which presumably means that Zeno started a tradition of priests in the palace that lasted until Yuhan drove them out at some nebulous point in history. Mm. Not super important or interesting, but it, it comes up later. So then he thinks about Kaya dying and how the dragon's powers are being passed down through generations as a parallel circle of life and death happens in the background. I think this part is actually really cool. Like, I really like how Kusnagi did this. Mm. So he finds a wounded boar baby and nurses it back to health. And he releases it back into the wild and sees that it has a family. And he smiles as it goes back to his mother. So, yeah, I like that the art reflects the narration Uh, it's a nice way to show that Zeno's starting to come to peace with his role in the world instead of showing us like images of past dragons and Kaya smiling or whatever everybody always does with like, oh, I remember my history. It's like, it gives the audience something new to look at. Yeah, And also, he's finally back to what he wanted to do before he learned what his power was really all about. He said something like, I don't need to hurt people. If my power can protect, that's good enough for me. And here he is protecting a wild boar that normally people shouldn't go near because they're pretty vicious. And he was handling a baby and there was a mom nearby. And like, that's super dangerous. But
0: like, do you remember that thing, that news story that blew up about somebody explaining why they needed guns? And it was like because of (laughs) 40 to 50 feral hogs. (laughs) Yes, I laugh every time. But the thing is, I've seen that excuse pop up more now. Like, there was a, you know, there's been a lot of gun discourse on Twitter, rightfully so, after the horrific school shooting. Shootings in Texas, but there were people because everybody was like, "Why do you?" And then there were at least like three people that were like, "I have a bunch of wild hogs in my area, so I carry a gun for that." But ever, I can't take it seriously though because all I can think of is forty to fifty feral
1: hogs. <laughs> <wild> That's fair. <laughs> um, if you're interested in that story specifically behind the tweet, there is a podcast called Reply All. And they interviewed the guy because they were like, this is a fucking insane claim. But apparently it's real. And like hogs are legitimately vicious. And the only way to get rid of them is to like kill them. And the fastest and easiest way is, you know, guns, which I don't know. I don't live around hogs, so I can't say one way or the other. But I personally would like to ban any and all (laughs) guns because i don't see why anybody needs them ever well you don't you don't ever fucking need an assault rifle period but especially assault rifles yes my god it's fucked up and children shouldn't be worried and people shouldn't be worried to go out to you know arenas and concert venues but we do because america fucking sucks and is run by the nra (sighs) yes so um (laughs) but yes, apparently 40 to 50 barrel hogs is legitimate and it was a very interesting podcast
0: Maybe I can. Can we weaponize the feral hogs against the GOP? Is the question.
1: (laughs) You're going to get us investigated by the FBI. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say maybe we should send them to Greg Abbott's house, but I can't say that on a podcast. (laughs) The FBI
0: agents that are assigned to us are like, holy.
1: (laughs) Boys, let's roll. hours of these two nerds talk about fucking manga and (laughs) okay we have a very small audience so i'm gonna count on you all to be very cool about this (laughs) i'd like to
0: think our fbi agents that are assigned to us or cia agents whatever the fuck they are are also invested in yona now (laughs) and will not report
1: us because they need to find out what happens We cannot send these girls to Gitmo. We have to figure out if Hakanyo ever smooch. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Right, so it's confirmed that Zeno can't pass along his genes. Now, whether or not he tried and with whom is up for interpretation, but personally, I don't think he and Kaya ever had sex and he is loyal to her, so I don't think he ever tried to sleep with anybody else. That's my reading of it. Do you agree or disagree?
0: Um... I would assume he maybe would have fucked, maybe, well, slept with Kaya, but she was very fragile, so I actually don't know.
1: See, that's my thinking. Like, she seemed fairly sturdy, but, like, she was pretty unwell, like, even when they met. And then it took them a while to sort of get closer, so I don't know. Yeah,
0: but but I could understand the reading that he never had anybody, at least after that. Mm-hmm. I would agree, he doesn't seem the type to...
1: Okay, yes. And I have a whole, like, paragraph about it, so stick with me. But my argument for this, for him not ever taking another partner, is that it sort of wraps up what was brought up in the last chapter, which is that Zeno clung to the crest when he first met Kaya, but then Kaya reminded him that he could keep memories alive a different way by her saying, like, you can just say your name out loud, and that's how. So, like, basically, it's, it's dumb, but he's like, I need this physical reminder. And she's like, no, you don't. You just like remember (laughs) like I don't know how else to explain it but like that's her lesson to him um and so he doesn't keep anything physical from Kaio because he doesn't need anything physical like he learned that lesson from her so for him to take another lover sort of muddies that lesson of like I'll never forget you which is not to say that like you can't take another lover once someone dies or you like break up with someone like it's not that you're disloyal it's just that this is you know a narrative and (laughs) so it's got to support that they're not real people okay so then finally he puts together the fact that the crimson dragon might reappear not that it'll be perfect because he'll never get back the original crew but maybe he'll have a purpose again not just wander through life Mm -hmm. a sad sad man and then we get tiny baby geisha did you lose your mind
0: I lost my fucking. Okay, I just have a note that
1: says in all caps Baby, Geeja, Baby, Sheena, T, Geeha. They were all so cute and so baby. Geeja is definitely the cutest of the Babs. Yeah, goddamn. He was very cute. Uh Yeah, so Geisha hangs out with Zeno and they talk about the Crimson Light finally being born. And Geisha's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Zeno's like, shh, don't worry about it. Uh, But <laughs> if we're talking about her being born, this possibly puts Geisha around four years old. So he's like very young. Mm-hmm. So then Geisha sneezes and Zeno warns him that he's going to catch a cold. And we get the continuation of the hot spring chapter covered in the first OVA where Gija does not like bathing around others because they see his scars and pity him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the others from the white dragon village show up. So Zeno has to run, but he says, if we're lucky, we'll meet again someday. And then he meets Sheena a few years later, presumably. And... He gives Sheena a ball and says, we'll meet again when we do. Let's play together. Aww. And so <laughs> there is this shift from, he says, if we meet again to Giza and then by Sheena's time, he's like, okay, we will meet again. And so <laughs> it's been like two or three years at this point. I, I assume based on relative ages and the fact that Al is still alive uh, so I just like to imagine that three year old Yona is killing it so hard <laughs> Zeno's like yeah, this is the girl I'm gonna follow her <laughs> and finally the green dragon Zeno doesn't actually help free Jiha which I have some issues with but he does give yeah, Jihad a I thought joke.
0: that was interesting um, I did think it was like he, he even says to himself you know shoot him if you saw this you'd be furious yeah and I thought, how that, how sad that must be to not to just live centuries past your friends, but to also see their ideals be so dishonored. Mm, that's a good point. But yeah, it does raise the question: Why didn't you help him?
1: Yeah, I really don't get this. I don't see why he wouldn't help. Because it's not like he has like it's it's not like he has a white dragon village to like. You know, lead and they're hidden away it's yeah. he's he's like a dude in a place being very mistreated i don't know i don't get you know, that's the one this is the one time i'm gonna say you know what no i don't get this no. uh but yeah he gives jihad his cloak and says no one in this world could ever truly chain the green dragon down so i think it's nice that he says that because then we know that J- jihad voluntarily chains himself to yona and the others and then Zeno wonders what yona's purpose is is it to protect the nation or create a new one or maybe she's just there because the dragons needed her which are all fair questions because we as the audience don't actually know the answer either so it's just sort of reminding like oh we have sort of nebulous plot to <laughs> discover in the future And then he says to himself, I'm going to take another journey. Whatever the path the new Crimson Dragon takes might finally give my existence meaning again, which Jesus Christ, Zeno. (laughs) And then he says, my wish might be granted. It's fine. Zeno is good at waiting. He does not explain what his wish is. I feel like it's probably obvious, but I don't know. Maybe you have a different interpretation. Uh, I would
0: just assume that it's the realization of the return of the Crimson Dragon King in unity, and then perhaps getting to die himself.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I always figured it was him dying, too, but I didn't factor in the Crimson Dragon coming back. But yeah. Oh yeah, okay, so a couple weeks ago I did laugh at Zeno talking to himself but I forgot he had this whole thing about talking out loud to himself when he was alone. So maybe he was talking to Kaio when he was talking about the storm coming in and uh, Kin province. I take it back. I'm not laughing at the man anymore. <laughs> and then that's the end of the dream flashback. He wakes up to everyone minus Hawk crowded around him and pulls them all in for a puppy pile hug. So cute. Also, Al was having the time of her life. Is she? I didn't notice her. Yeah, she
0: is. Uh, where'd it go? But yeah, she's um, like on the top of Zeno's arm or hand. He's got a hand on Gija's head. And Al just sitting there, like, yay!
1: <laughs> I mean, that's her dream right there. It's just everybody, all of her favorite people in one place. Yeah, so cute. Um, I didn't notice out, but I did notice that Sheena asked, is this a game? Because they play now. They do play now. Aww. Yeah. And then the chapter ends for real with him smiling fondly and saying, look how big you've all gotten. Adorable. I love it. Oh, It's so good. And then we get a bonus chapter because it's, I believe, the end of a volume. And it's called We Apologize for Our Carelessness. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just that. <laughs> so, like, the setup is Yoon is desperately trying to keep a low profile. So, he just takes Hawk and Yana because the others are freaks. Still, mm-hmm. like, I don't know why he's still trying to make this happen because it's obviously not going to happen, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and this causes a panic because mom is gone and she didn't even leave $20 to order a pizza. So, she has on his own. And he's like, oh my God, we're going to die. <laughs> Which is very funny, and then they decide to go fishing, and that is a disaster.
0: <laughs> First of all, I love when G has just in his crop top, looking all slutty. God bless. He does look very slutty,
1: and I appreciate that in a man.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love you see him like be like the true big brother of the dragons and all of this because he's like, God damn it, I need to watch out for you, little shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked the continuation of, um, right after we met the blue dragon, he ju- <laughs> he jumped in the river and the hawk is like, well, oh, good job, you made him kill himself. <laughs> and so Keisha had to, like, jump in after him. And I like that this is still continuing where Sheila jumps in the river and Keisha's like, I have to go in after my brother. <laughs> Yes,
0: and she's being like, "Why do you both suck?" My God, I'm just
1: <laughs> having, having one about that, and she is holding Owl. She's not hiding behind Owl. <laughs> really tickled me. Like, <laughs> can't look at my eyes. You have to stare at Owl.
0: Yes. Oh my God, I try so hard again. He
1: tries, and also Jihash saved them all, and doesn't even get rewarded by seeing the eyes. Poor guy. <laughs> and then a bear shows up. <laughs> I love this bonus chapter because it's just like, what, what random shit can I throw at these people? So it's just a bear. <laughs> which just, like kills me. Um, and then Jihad decides to protect Zeno, which is the dumbest thing he could possibly do because Zeno literally can't get hurt. Anyways, yeah. later. And
0: they're puppy piling again.
1: They are puppy piling again. But I do appreciate—I really appreciated that that Zeno tries to protect Jiha's dignity. So when he wakes up again, Zeno goes like, "No, you totally didn't pass out. You just decided to take a nap that you don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah.
0: That's so cute. It reminds me of that scene in Scrubs where it was like you got knocked out so I laid down in the parking lot next to you so people could think we were just chilling
1: <laughs> yes and that is absolutely something Zeno would do He'd <laughs> be like oh we're laying down now that's nice yeah
0: and then Al once again being like you're hurt here's my acorn and him just being like thank you Al but you should eat that it was really cute
1: Yep. Yeah, so then they have bear stew and everything's totally fine and she has to totally relax and let other people handle things except whoops they left a fire unattended and now they don't have a tent.
0: Yes, <laughs> and of course <laughs> Yoon comes back and like you fucking idiot. He's
1: <laughs> like I can't take you with me I can't leave you alone what am I supposed to do? And Zeno
0: oh. just delighted still at the end. Also, another cute moment where Jiha is being fussy over Gisha, because he's like, hey, chill, you need to, you take on too much. And Jiha's like, whatever, I don't. And then Gija just looks at him. And he's like, okay, fine. I I like his indulging Gija. But then, of course... G has proved right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course, everything he he warned uh, about came The this
0: moment that's immediately
1: negated because mm-hmm.
0: it is proven that Jihad should, in fact, keep his head on a swivel where these idiots
1: are concerned. So, have you committed to the Jihad ship? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, it seems like you have. I'm happy for you. I'm really happy to go on this journey with you.
0: So that's it. Anything before that's we get it. into?
1: No, I don't think so. Yeah, it was good. It was it was a nice little breather after like the fucking devastating history of Zeno. Yeah.
0: Oh, alrighty. So to start with our uh, ending segments, I am retiring. What would you rather? It's just because my brain no longer works with giving them. We will keep going with the Fuck Mary Kills. I'm going to start just having a bowl of names with character names, and I'm just going to start like plucking them at random. <laughs> uh, so that way we can have repeats of characters, but they'll be in new combinations. So it'll be fun. So I have not done that yet. So I'm just going to try and pick some names at random right now. Let's do a round of cinnamon rolls. Kaya, Yona, and know.
1: Uh, oh, no. I know. Can an option be that I kill myself? <laughs> I can't kill any of these ladies.
0: Would you like to hear my thoughts?
1: Yes, I would.
0: I'm going to kill Kaya because she's dying anyway, and she'll suffer. <laughs> <away. Okay>. uh, <laughs> I am going to fuck Yuno because we can probably have a threesome with Gunte.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm going to marry Yona because why wouldn't you marry Yona?
1: That's fair. She's very marriageable. I'm going to go completely different from you. So that's oh, fun. Oh,
0: wow. hell yeah.
1: I'm going to kill Yuno because we know the least about her and I'm very sorry. And also <laughs> that leaves Gunte as a widower. So like That'd be fun. Um, I would fuck Yona because she's very pretty, and also I really can't split her and Hawk up. Well, <laughs> I couldn't marry her; I'd feel bad. <laughs> she's so stupid. It's like this doesn't matter, but also like my brain can't go there.
0: Well, that's because you could find others that you like. Hawk literally just has Yona, so if you took <laughs>
1: <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. I would be taking his mate away. Yeah. Um and then I would marry Kaya because she seems really sweet and like a very good care- caretaker and uh yeah. I like her.
0: Okay. Couple we have vastly
1: different opinions. I know. Was- I was surprised.
0: Cool, cool. All right. Next time I'll start uh just doing um random names uh but as a replacement for this uh i had uh alex and i have discussed this before but i got this idea from a defunct um horror movie podcast called horny for horror (laughs) um and they did an episode where they talked about horror movie tropes and it was what was it it was like do you love it do you want to retire it and then there was also like a middle ground where it was like it, it it needs to be revamped so that so that's what we're going to start doing. We're going to start pulling random tropes from anime or shoujo manga and, you know, decide whether or not we want to keep them or retire them or revamp them. So to start off the one I would like to point out this week, um, because I have just passed these episodes in Spy Family, and <laughs> it is also a plotline in my next life as a villainous. I really want to retire the sister complex. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep, I agree with you. I'm not going to fight you on that.
0: <laughs> it is. It's just bizarre. And even in a circumstance, so, like, in My Next Life as a Villainess, they aren't even, like, it's not her biological brother. He's like, He showed up, I think, when they were, I, I want to say, around eight years old. Her family adopted him. But they, they've grown up together. Like, that. And they refer to each other as sister and brother, uh, but he is like explicitly in love with her, and is just, I think it's. I haven't gotten that far into it yet, but I do think at some point he does straight up confess his love for her, and I'm just like, mm, bad vibes, bad vibes. <laughs> uh, and and I and I understand it's often used as like a comedy device, and you're not supposed to take them seriously, but it's just weird i'm sorry
1: like it is weird and that's like never humorous i just i don't i don't get why that's supposed to be funny
0: yeah it's like i can understand being like overprotective of your sibling but this weird purity thing of men being like my sister can never be sullied Mm -hmm. Uh, and ex- explicitly and it does cross that line of because I want her all to myself is just it'll never entertain me. Yeah.
1: It's a little, it, it's just, it skews me out.
0: Yeah, it skews me out. Um, although I will say um, it is a bit of a plot line in an Elizabethan play that I enjoy, The Duchess of Malfi, if anyone's familiar with
1: it. There are I, I, okay, hold on. No one's familiar with the Duchess of Malfi. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> but
0: continue. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. I forget not everybody was an English nerd like the rest of us. Uh, okay, I, yeah. <laughs> we, we
1: have the same major. I've never read it. I've never heard of it outside of you.
0: Never? Really? I thought they made you read it too in your class. No,
1: no, never touched that.
0: Okay, yeah. So it was written by this guy, I think Webster. He's one of Shakespeare's contemporaries. But the plot is you've got this duchess, um, she is a widow, and she's got two powerful brothers. You've got the duke and her other brother is a cardinal, and they want her to strategically marry, basically remarry. But she decides to marry, I think, her steward for love, Mm -hmm. and she does it. You know, just on her own, which I love this way just because it's fucking batshit. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, so her brother, the Duke, is basically commonly read as in love with his sister. I think they're twins, even. Just like, but like it's con- there. There have even there's even been um, adaptations of it. like I, I we watched one scene from an adaptation where uh, when he shows up, it, it, it's really cool the staging of it because she's been married for a long time she's been able to keep it under wraps i think she has kids but she's primping herself uh and she's looking in a mirror and then she sees her brother the duke in the mirror and then she's like just sort of slowly puts it down and is basically like okay let me have it but the, the staging is almost always her seeing him in the mirror first which i just think is really cool mm-hmm. And he goes on this big tirade and then finally he says like I I will see you no more and he repeats it. And we've seen at least one adaption where he actually kisses her Mm. like fully on the mouth and then says one more time I'll see you no more.
1: Okay, yeah, that is giving me flashbacks to the first time I saw Thoroughly Modern Millie. Vastly different play. <laughs> um, but there is a there's a fake out where, um, if you don't know the plot, the main character is Millie. And she is hanging out with this guy named Jimmy. And she's friends with a girl. Shit, I forgot her name. Maybe Charlotte. I don't think that's right. <laughs> anyway, she's friends with this girl. And then she sees the first time that I saw it, which, by the way, was a high school play. This should not have happened in a high school play, but um, the end of act one is that Jimmy kisses Millie's friend. And so she's like, shit, he's a two-timer, right? And then it turns out that uh, the surprise reveal at the end is that the friend is Jimmy's sister. And so I have never seen another... (laughs) Another version of this musical go this way, so there was just a random surprise incest at Shawnee Mission East. So thanks for that. Not even like part of
0: the plot necessarily.
1: Sort of, yes. So I've seen other versions of it where he kisses her on the cheek, or he he's just like, "I'll see you later," and they're like talking to each other like right outside her room, and it's really it implies that there's something going on. But I have literally never I've seen this musical many times (laughs) over the years because it's one of my favorites. it is problematic by the way i do recognize that but i have this is the one and only time that i've seen them like full-on kiss on the lips like <laughs> surprise brother and sister later like oh, what the fuck was that about yeah that's weird it's weird so don't do that <laughs> don't do that but, uh, going back to duchess of malfi Yeah. Sorry, I just had to <laughs> insert that because, like, of course, along the same lines, why would you use surprise incest when you don't actually need <laughs> to? Yeah.
0: yeah. Although, to be fair, it, it it is a common interpretation in the play that he's, at the very least, obsessed with it. Like, that he's in love with his sister. It's, like, deeply implied. Okay, fair enough. But I, I've only seen one staging where they, like, actually, like, he kisses her and she's just kind of stunned, like, the fuck? Uh, but anyway, so he denounces her and then to punish her... This is where it goes off the rails. So they, uh, I think, have her husband killed. And I think her children wind up okay. But what they they basically psychologically torment her. Uh, So they just, like, leave her in the dark. And they release a bunch of mental patients from um, the sanitarium to, like, just, like, run around her and, like, torment her. (sighs) uh and uh also they bring out like dead body parts that are just random body parts but they tell her that it's like her family uh so she's like in psychological anguish and then they strangle her uh and then the uh brother that's in love with his sister goes crazy out of guilt and then he thinks he's a werewolf Mm mm-hmm and is like convinced he's a werewolf. There's like a line about him. He say he's like I'm a werewolf, but the fur, the furs on the inside, uh which you can draw, <laughs> you can draw a connection that he's basically wearing like he, he's got a hair shirt in his mind, which is a sense of like punishment.
1: Oh, okay. I my mind went <laughs> to he's a furry, but continue. Not yeah, to
0: well, he's also just crazy at this point. <laughs> bad that he killed his sister that he was in love with uh and basically like the guy that they hired to like help kill the sister and kill the husband like feels bad so i think he kills the duke and the cardinal and i think is wounded himself as well and i think they are able to like spirit the kids away if i remember correctly to hopefully have a better future and boom that's the end it's a fucking crazy play uh i love that play but also the incest angle isn't played for comedy it's supposed to be like dark and weird because her brother's an awful
1: fucking person yeah which i mean I, I, that's almost more acceptable to me like that Same. incest plant should be like viewed as freaky and taboo yeah, be like, Haha, that's so funny that you're in love with your sister. Like, I mean, like, I when I was a kid, I said I wanted to marry my dad, but I was like five years old. I didn't understand what that meant. It's unacceptable when you're like a teenager and you've gone through a sexual awakening and you're like, yes, I want to actually fuck this person. And I understand what it means. <laughs> because yeah. then you're in a weird territory yeah so like and that's what happens in like
0: spy family which spoilers for spy family but he has that cute memory where he remembers being like five and telling you he wants to marry her and she's like Mm -hmm. haha i guess i'll have to wait for you and it's just like a cute sibling thing but he remembers it explicitly in terms of watching her about to kiss her now husband and him freaking out because like this sense that she's been taking away from him that he's lost that
1: chance to be her man and i'm like (laughs)
0: why I don't know.
1: i didn't read it like that i mean like i i see what you're saying and they did make that weird comparison but like i don't think he's i don't think his sadness is that he's lost his chance to be her man i think that he's lamenting that sense of closeness that they once had because they will literally never be close like that again um but that's just like part of growing up too and i think that's i would argue that that's why he remembers such a childish memory because he's like oh we're grown up now and like marriage is a real thing and she's actually married and we'll never be those kids who only have each other but also he's in love with her at one point (laughs)
0: he's remembering he's when he's remembering the time she hugged him so hard it broke his ribs. she's like he he even says like it made me feel electric like he
1: yeah i mean he's not great it's not good (laughs) But there are worse
0: examples. It is it is an otherwise perfect story, I will say. I love <laughs> it. I started it, started it. But yeah, so that's my trope that I would like to retire. Uh, do you have any tropes that you would like to bring up? Oh. Um,
1: you put me on the spot. All I can think of is fake dating because of your and Lloyd and spy family. Which I want to keep i love fake dating i will never tire of fake dating i don't care
0: that is one of those ones you can follow it as formulaic as possible i will eat that shit up every single time
1: yeah same i know there's there's kind of an oversaturation so i'm not as big on them in like contemporary romance right now because that feels like every single romance novel that's coming Mm -hmm. out recently but it's one of those things in fan fiction that I'm like yes, because it's always like the wildest shit to get there. It's like you have to kiss me right now. <laughs> there's, um, there's my ex is coming down the hallway in high school, and I can't let him see me be single. And it's like okay, <laughs> I totally <laughs> buy this. That makes perfect sense. I I will eat it up every
0: time. All right, so so conclude. So we love it. We're not tired. That's what it
1: was. Ain't tired of it or retire it so we are very tired of the sister complex i've i've seen more of the brother complex where like the little sister is in love with her brother which that one weirds me out
0: i don't know that i've seen that as much in manga and anime i have seen it in other mediums though or like the demonic little sister mm-hmm. that's just like now that's my brother <sighs> oddly enough the first example that came to my mind was that's so raven devon carter was like her main love interest and i think the father of her kids in the continuation but i remember there would be a recurring plot that devon's little sister did not like raven and would like try and sabotage her behind uh, devon's back
1: yeah i think those sorts of characters should just like not happen (laughs) so we're gonna retire that one but we really like and want to keep fake dating (laughs) yeah so
0: ain't tired of it and I guess the mid one would be rewire it if you want to keep the
1: rhyming Mm -hmm. I do want to keep it I'm so sorry I'm never going to remember these so you'll have to remind me like every week (laughs) (laughs) what the words are but I will actually think of one the next time I promise because I'm sure there's some in like shoujo manga specifically that I'm like tired
0: of Yeah, this one was kind of a cop out too because I had also forgot I was going to do this and (laughs) because we're going to try and stray away from ones that we've talked about before or how we know each other feels like alex does not like is it tsundere i can never remember the pronunciation yeah
1: i'm not sure how to pronounce it either but yes yeah
0: so it's like i know how she
1: feels about Sundere's. yeah sorry i know we both like fake dating so (laughs) whoops
0: and i knew that you agreed with me on incest plot (laughs) lines Okay, but next week,
1: we'll try and find one that we don't know.
0: I was just fresh in my head having just come off of watching Spy Family and My Next Life as a Villainess, where it is a plot point in both.
1: But yeah, next time will be better. And less incest, hopefully. <laughs> and less incest, yeah, less incesty. Cool. Well, that's all for me, I think.
0: That's all for me so if you would like to continue discussing things with us be it incest or if you have a trope that you want us to discuss our opinions on or just talk yona with us we are on the socials we are the yona pod at gmail and on twitter and we are the yona podcast on tumblr and if you want to talk to us individually on Twitter, we are instead of writing without the A, that's Alex. And I am, I glitched for a second. I am witchy Evan right
1: now. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, was, okay.
0: I was glitchy Evan at some point, but uh, now, <laughs> but now I'm witchy Evan. I'm back to being witchy Evan. So
1: that's all for us. Well, then... Uh, We will see you next week with hopefully a couple guests, which I'm very excited about, to cover a random side story. We're doing another three-chapter wrap-up. Fuck yeah. All right. So um, see you next week. Bye.